Good morning, church. Welcome to the Sunday service of FCC. I think in the past week, the news has been uh, inundated with the war in Ukraine. And with the spike of the Omicron cases, I think, you know, I really do not know what the world is coming into. But I am grateful and we ought to be thankful that at this moment, we are able to gather both on-site and online to have just this couple of hours of peace and quiet and that we may reconnect with God. So as we come together for the Sunday service, may we prepare our hearts with a call to worship. Drawn by God's presence, we gather. Inspired by God's spirit, we worship. Empowered by God's grace, we live. We are community, embraced by the mystery of God's love for all creation. We are community that looks for the light of Christ, the light that shines in every time, every place, and every life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that brings meaning to life and helps us face the issue of the day. Together, we strive to live with loving hearts, open minds and hands extended to all. Welcome home. Amen. Let us now join the worship team in a time of worshipping together. Glory in. He is high and lifted. 
hosts of heaven, with the hosts of heaven, all, all our blessings bring. In the world where war and violence rage, where disaster lurks, we flee away. God, we need your touch in the dark, in the dark and secret hiding place, where we yearn to see your loving face. A ray of light seeks truth a friend It starts to run and starts to spread It's what begins to fill this place God's love, God's love will always find its way Into our hearts, into the fray It takes us in its warm embrace Welcome the King of Glory Sing you. And every blessing you 
Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Mark, and uh, I'm leading the prayer for today. Um, for this moment, let's just um, close our eyes and prepare ourselves for this time of pouring our hearts to God. I'd like to invite everyone to really just spend a few moments just breathing and coming to yourself. And if you have any worries or burdens on your hearts, please invite them to sit beside you as you would a friend for just the next few moments as we turn our eyes to God. To the God of many names, we gather as a community to give you thanks for your many provisions, for the blessings that you showered on our leaders and each one in this community every day of our lives. We gather as a community to give you thanks for helping us create a home in here in FCC not just for the material comforts that we do enjoy, appreciate, and have great gratitude for, but also for each and every earnest attempt to love, however imperfectly, each other amid uncertainties, the challenges, and all our own personal pain and struggles and pride that we carry in our hearts. Lord, may we be more aware of our imperfections and the need to surrender to you more fully to be moulded and to be transformed. May we speak truth to each other in kindness, empathy, compassion and mercy. Help us to respond to the call to cultivate the attitude of humility to be disciples who seek not our will, but your will be done. And help us, in so doing, recognize that glimmer of divine light that you have put inside our hearts and the hearts of each person. Lord, we recognize that there is great suffering still in this world today. That there continues to be ignorance and pride that flourishes in humanity's heart. There continues to be oppression in this world, whether social or economic, political, and in so many different forms. Lord, there continues to be darkness in man's heart. In our helplessness, Lord, we ask for hope, heart, and wisdom to care for what you care for and to participate in the breaking in of the kingdom of God. 
Lord, in the next few moments of silence, hear us as we pour out our hearts to you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Good morning. Thank you for joining us this uh, morning. And we have come to the end of this sermon series, Home is the Way. And we have been using Mentimeter to have a more engaged approach to sharing the word. And those of you who are joining us in real time, whether online or in person, can go to menti.com and key in the Menti code 98757321 or just scan the QR code to join us today. Um, I'll give you some time to get onto Menti, and that is if you want to. Over here at FCC, we always go by invitation and never by coercion. So if you would like to join, then scan the code, key in the go to menti.com. Uh, and if you'd like to just um, sit and listen to the sermon, um, that's okay as well. Last week, Gary asked you a question I wanted to ask today. What is the one thing you have learned from this sermon, the, from this sermon series. And I went through um, the um, last week's answers. I'm not going to ask you again, of course. And some of you said, um, you know, this is what you, um, you have replied last week. Um, there were three screens of it. But the answers I have surmised or summarized here, reconciliation. To give and receive love, um, this sermon series is about, transmit, about transforming pain instead of transmitting pain, to love one another, to see that giving is a part of loving, and it is in giving that we receive. Some of you think that it is about learning to be wounded healers. Some are talking, talked about uh, coming home to people you trust. Grace. Some of you think that coming home is a process. It is a journey. And home is not perfect, but we can choose to stay and shape it. And some of you think about learning to rewrite our story. I'm very grateful for all these contributions. Uh, as, I, as we wrap up today, I hope that these stay um, in your mind. And this series kicks off 2022, and it's important that we have a clear idea how we envision a Christian community in our context looks like as we chart our way out of the pandemic. For those of you who have been attending uh, in person, you realize that there are many new people who have joined our community during these two years. And as we start opening up, as people start coming back, then we have new relationships to build and we need to envision what we will look like. Over these two years as well, Pauline and I and the leaders of the church has also gained insight right, um, about how we operate, about our principles and our values. And we're trying to get that um, and lay the foundation of how we move ahead. And for those of you who have been following this series, instead of asking what you've learned, I want to ask you, in a word or a short phrase, how, in a word or a short phrase, how do you describe your experience of this series? How did you experience this series? It's not about what you have learned, 
but the experience of it. Was it boring? If it's boring, why was it boring? Was it because there's nothing that's new to you? Or that it wasn't challenging enough? Some of you might have found it challenging. And some of you think that, you know, but when, if it's challenging, what challenged you? And some of you might have found it uncomfortable. What made you uncomfortable? Some, uh, lots of words start popping out and they are moving faster than I can scan, right? I see safe, I see theoretical. Um, and I'm trying to move away from theoretical today, right? To something more concrete and how it translates into how we operate um, for the rest of the year. For some of you, frustrating. I hope frustrating in a good way. Insightful, multifaceted, challenging, dark, heart-hitting, interesting, refreshing, loving, convicted, foundational, soul-searching, conundrum, more hands on needed, agape. Thank you. Thank you for providing your thoughts, how you feel. At the end of this series, I want to ask, where are we and where are we heading? And I think that that theoretical being the, the, the word that is appearing for uh, means that somebody, either one person or many people, keep that in uh, several times. We want to translate that from theoretical into practical. I'm not naive to think that just because we have finished a sermon series and suddenly we are changed from being wounded to wounded healers. No, am I naive to think that we have, through this sermon series, suddenly we've been able to transform our pain instead of transmitting our pain? We have the concepts, I hope. I hope you got the theory at the very least. But how do we live it out? And that's what I'm talking about today. The way is home. I have come to realize that foundational to community building is not getting our theology right. It's not getting our theory right, but getting our values right. God is relational, so we are to be relational. Jesus wasn't so focused on the laws. Jesus was focused on the spirit behind the law, the values. Christianity has been obsessed with getting theology right at the expense of getting our values right. We start nitpicking at Bible verses and concepts that when you translate to reality, then you have to ask the question, what has this got to do with the world right now? What has the doctrine of the, the Trinity got to do with the world right now? I find it challenging to answer that question. Because real lives are at stake, real consequences. And when you start thinking about these doctrines and dogma, they don't really translate. They seem more like a distraction from real issues than anything else. You may have heard in the news that baptisms conducted in Phoenix, Arizona by a priest were invalid because he said, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, instead of saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, 
when I read it, I found it rather nonsensical. Right. Reverend Duro Watkins from Sunshine Cathedral wrote this. The hulabaloo over baptisms where the officiant said we instead of I is a distraction. It is meant to make people feel superior for knowing, following and enforcing pointless dogmatic demands. No one is encouraged for their spiritual journey by the fuss. I am not. I don't know if you are. No one is comforted by it. No one has had a more profound experience of the divine because of the words said by a priest over an infant and over the use of a different pronoun. Baptism it's a ritual that can be powerful for many different reasons. And those of you who are baptized will have experienced it yourself. But it shouldn't re be reduced to magic that works if the spell is followed to the letter. It symbolizes grace. And grace couldn't give a crap about instruction manuals. We should work to heal those wounds by conversion therapy, to end home and food insecurity, to keep LGBTQ people safe, to avoid pointless wars, to heal the wounded planet. Religion, partnering with other social institutions, has a lot of work to do. And creating ridiculous drama over a singular or plural pronoun should not be on the list. Likewise, here at FCC, I see, right? I wonder if you see the same way, this fuss over we and I as a ridiculous distraction. Do you think that Jesus will fuss over it? Do you think that the disciples of Jesus will fuss over it too? This is exactly the legalism that Jesus criticised. Jesus taught that we should not get hung up about the letter of the law, but instead understand the spirit of the law. Christianity should feel like my love for others continues to deepen, not my beliefs are more correct than anyone else's. And this from a tweet from Reverend Ben Kramer. When we choose to focus on right beliefs rather than right relationship, we got our priorities wrong. Choosing to be in right relationship with God, right relationship with ourselves, and right relationship with each other is the way. But how do we live out our right relationship? And this is something that, for me, this is the biggest takeaway for this sermon series. Because it's something that I learned in the process. It is this, remember that we talk about relationships being mutual? That... God equals two times, love times two, right? The, 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 word, the numbers assigned to each um, Hebrew letter, when they add up, God equals to love times two. That love requires mutuality. And that's what God is. And this mutuality is covenantal. This is what we commit to in baptism, 
Because we, baptism is a declaration of our relationship with God and with the church and with the community. This is what we commit to in a marriage. It's a declaration of relationship with the person we love and that person's declaration of love for us and our commitment to each other before God and before the community. And that's, isn't that how it should like, look like too? And how does this mutuality look like in FCC? It is a commitment to love each other. It is a commitment to live by our values, our principles of community, of community life. It's a commitment to respect each other and show grace to each other. And it's through this commitment that we start experiencing this place as home, as a safe space, as somewhere we are not judged. And when you don't feel judged, you start to open up with what you're struggling with so we can accompany you and journey with you. When you feel judged, you will not share whatever that's going on within. You might even fear that what you share might be used against you, weaponized against you. Somewhere down the line, you might think that, you know what, this person that I shared this secret, this pain, this thing I'm struggling with, will one day betray me and use this knowledge against me. We hope that we create that safe space that that fear goes away. Are you struggling with an addiction? Are you struggling with mental health issues? Are you struggling with shame? We are here for you. Are you feeling like you don't know much about Christianity or feeling that you are a lousy Christian? When you don't feel judged, and when you feel open to ask questions and learn more, that's how you begin to grow. We, I keep hearing people say, I want to grow spiritually. Spiritual growth cannot happen unless there's vulnerability. Because people cannot see you for who you are, see the authentic you, and help you grow. This is how we should be like a home where we are free to learn from our mistakes because we will make mistakes. We will continue to make mistakes. Ten years down the road, we will continue to make mistakes as a community, as individuals. I have no doubt about that. But we should be, feel safe that we can make mistakes and we can learn from them, we can make amends and we can grow out from them. When we feel this place is home, we are free to be curious and ask questions and not feel judged. But here, I want to point out, not being judged doesn't mean that we do not exercise judgment here. Not being judged doesn't mean that we don't hold each other accountable. Because sometimes we conflict the two. Sometimes when we are, asked, we are held accountable, it feels as though we are being judged. It's kind of a you know, guilty conscious thing, right? You know, instead of acknowledging our wrongdoing, we start saying, you are judging me, you know, and I'm going to run away and not deal with it and not want to be held accountable. We need to hold each other accountable. And we do need to exercise judgment. And this is not just about mere semantics. Being judged has to do with shame, that you are a bad person. 
Judgment has to do with guilt. Judgment is about whether you did something right or wrong. And sometimes it might not just be right or wrong, but being held accountable. Because sometimes actions are not just black and white. They are not just right or wrong. They are right and wrong at the same time. You might do the right thing, but yet for the wrong reasons, and you might do the wrong things for the right reasons, and they are all grey. And it is important that we are able to speak into each other's lives to address these things and hold each other accountable. The thing is, guilt is not necessarily a bad thing. It is our conscience pricking at us. It is a recognition of wrongdoing and it gives us an opportunity to make things right, to make amends, to change. On the other hand, shame is not good. Because if we see ourselves as a bad person, that doesn't give us the opportunity to make things right. We'll continue to tell ourselves, I'm a bad person, so therefore I keep doing these things. But you're not. You are not defined by your actions. We don't start from that point being defined as bad from the very get-go. So instead of feeling shame, we need to separate that and recognize when I do something wrong, I'm not a bad person, but I did a bad thing. I have to admit that I've hesitated many times with exercising judgment because it is very easy to mistake exercising judgment and holding someone accountable and being judgmental. Many of us have experienced being judged from our previous churches, and I have been concerned about how I say and what I say being interpreted in the same way that I'm being judgmental. But I've come to realize by not saying what I need to say, I'm shrinking from my responsibility as a pastor when I don't hold people accountable. The word pastor is connected to the image of the shepherd. And I keep thinking about Psalm 23, especially the verse about the rod and the staff. The rod, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, the rod is meant to fend off predators from the flock. And the staff is to guide wayward sheep back to the flock. To hook them and pull them back. That's what the crook there is for. Quite useful tool. This relationship, this pastoral relationship is covenantal. It requires your consent, your commitment, your willingness to be open and open to us speaking into your life. And I hope as a community, we learn to speak into each other's life in loving ways, to know how to receive such insight and how to offer such insight to hold each other accountable in loving ways. We are not there yet. We are far from it. Without this covenant and this agreement, we cannot create a safe space where we can be vulnerable. In the past few years, we kept talking about being vulnerable, being vulnerable, being vulnerable, and yet many of us struggle to be vulnerable here. And we have come to realize that because there's something that's foundational that's required before you can be vulnerable. We do 
each other a disservice when we choose to be nice instead of authentic. We choose to be comfortable instead of being safe. Church should be a safe space, but not necessarily a comfortable space. Because comfort is how we stagnate and stop growing. When you're comfortable, everything's chill, cool. Comfort lures us into sleepiness. Reverend Yap had said before, the church is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. A cell leader shared with me earlier this week, currently our members are very comfortable with each other. However, that is at a social level with a lot of bantering and occasional encouragement with mention of God and Jesus. But when it comes to Bible study, the interest is low. We are lacking the fervor in spiritual development. We want to be safe, to be vulnerable, and do life together, what's and all. We need to learn to be open to receive feedbacks about the areas we need to grow in without feeling judged, insulted, or hurt. We want to be a community who can offer feedback without being pointed. Because sometimes when we offer feedback, right, it can be, you know, we can, we can frame it in, or, or say it in a way that actually hurts that person. It actually, you know, like holding a knife and boop. Because part of us wants the, the, the other person to feel the pain because something has been done. We have been hurt by the person. So, you know, offering the feedback, we also step back. But we want to learn to offer feedback without that, without being pointed, without being judgmental or hurtful. That is what I mean when we want to offer feedback in a loving way. Right now, many of you are comfortable here. But I want us to feel safe so that we can be pressed to reflect on how we can do better and how to grow. Jesus tells us that we must take up our crosses and follow Him. And that certainly isn't, in no way, in my mind, a comfortable thing to do. Not to say that the cross, you know, first, the cross is a symbol of death. Second, imagine carrying such a weight around. It is not easy. We are called to carry one every day in order to put to death the things that will lead us away from God. And I want to address this because this isn't just happening to us here, but it's happening to churches everywhere. When now, switching churches is as easy as switching channels. You're not happy, you can just log into another church that's live streaming right now. You can watch another sermon somewhere. If you're not happy here, you can just visit another church next Sunday. So when churches are competing with, one is competing with each other, churches might not want to be these spaces where you are uncomfortable. And on top of that, churches are competing with so many other things that promise, promise to give us what we want, when we want it. Netflix. You know, lie down there Sunday morning. Ah, don't know. You know, Miak is going on and on about this all over again. I'll just watch Netflix. Nicer. You know, finish up the, 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 the K series that I'm watching right now. We are competing with a lot of other things that distract us, that gives us what we want, and goes 
with the ways of the world, but not the ways of God. If we follow the way of the world, then we see the church through a consumer lens. Then we ask the question, you know, does church make me feel comfortable? Do I feel good here? Do I leave church feeling energized? You know, it's just like a massage, right? Spiritual massage. Is, it, is the service good? Was the music good? Church, instead of being where we hear the disturbing voice of conscience, it becomes a refuge to distract ourselves from moral accountability. But the way we should be church instead should be focused on do, does church make you feel safe? Do you feel loved? Do you feel that you're worthy? Do you get challenged here? Do you grow through these challenges? Instead of trying to entertain, we edify. We don't water down the message of Jesus that's very challenging so that we don't scare away folks and hope that they stay. We, our role isn't to entertain you. Our role is to walk with you, to challenge you, to love, and that is the definition of love. Love isn't about making you comfortable. Love is about making you feel safe. The way is home. This isn't the place that you come on Sunday to check off a box so that you can call yourself Christian. This is the place where we come to do life together. We lack the know-how in the past. This year, we've come to the realisation and maybe God is prompting us in different ways. We've come together as a few leaders to brainstorm. And one word cropped up during our brainstorming, the word pastoral, right? Pastoral. And that's what influenced this sermon today. We want to have a framework where we learn how to engage with one another in a covenantal way, and that way is home. And, that w- and home is the way of love. We want to create a space where we are safe to speak into each other's life. And you can't have a stranger pop up and do that. You need safety to do that. You need trust. And especially in FCC's context, many of us are wounded. Wounded by our previous religious communities. Wounded because of who we are. And some of these wounds are still very raw. And they sting when they are addressed. And I often find myself struggling to tend to, to minister to, to pastor to these people because of these wounds. And some of these wounds are mine and some yours. Some of these wounds of mine is a feeling that actually you don't see me as your pastor. Sometimes I struggle, right? Sometimes we, we have gone in so deep with our principles, like first realize everyone's equal, that we don't realize that that does a disservice sometimes to, the, to how we are to minister to one another. Hierarchy is important in certain circumstances. And there needs to be a recognition of that relationship, of how I speak into your life and how you speak into my life. We have come to see that we need to build that capacity to minister. 
the reality is Pauline and I cannot cover every single person. We have to equip others to step up as well. And so we hope to be, we are able to enter into these relationships and these covenants with individual leaders so that we can model how to pastor people and they learn from this modelling how to pastor those that they lead and enter into covenants with the people that they care for. We are still learning how to live out this way home. How do we do this pastoring, yet honouring our principle of first realise everyone's equal? And that means that how we lead is walking with people, offering insight, but not telling them what to do. I have many people come up to me asking, what should I do? I think that it's important to realise that it is not looking for someone to tell you what to do, but someone to teach you how to discern what to do. Because oftentimes, we want someone to tell us what to do because that absolves us of the responsibility when things go wrong. But things, there are times that things will go wrong. We want to walk with you rather than prescribe how you should do things. And that's how many other churches do it. The pastors or leaders will tell you exactly what you need to do. Actually have a whole list of things that you need to abide by and do. But we, gave, we work rather by principles, values, because you know, hard-coded into rules isn't helpful. That is, again, following the letter of the law and not understanding the spirit of the law. We hope to grow a community of people who understand how to discern how, what is the spirit behind the principles that we have, what are the values, and how these values can be translated into life, into actual practical things. There are times that I make decision A in this scenario, and for another person, I tell them the exact opposite. Because applying principles and values context matter. And I think that we need to learn that for ourselves as well. And we need also to be very careful. Because when we minister to, when we pastor, there is an inequality in that relationship. There's a power difference. And sometimes we get an ego kick. Our pride gets to us. And we need to, as leaders, to be very mindful of what is going on within ourselves. And that's why people like to tell other people what to do, because it makes them feel superior. That is why they, there's so much fuss kicked out about, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we baptize you in the, Father, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because somebody out there is getting a kick out of getting it right. But that's not grace. That's not Jesus. That's not the God we know. Because grace is about understanding exactly what is going on and being flexible, right? We often, and I must warn this, bring our understanding of leadership from other organisations, especially our workplaces and maybe other churches, and when we bring these over here in FCC, we want to examine if these understandings align 
with our values and principles and what we understand as church. That's not saying that we are, we are going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so we want to be able to be a thinking church, a church that's reflective, a church that's covenantal. But it has to go back to the basics, the atomic level, the individual level. The way is home is knowing we love you. The way is home is knowing that we are not judging you. The way is home when you know you are safe. So when we offer insight and speak into your lives, you do not feel judged. You do not feel less than. You do not feel that you are unworthy. And all that requires a covenantal relationship. And the covenant is, are you willing to listen? Are you willing to let me give you feedback and also give me feedback? Are you willing to let Pauline and I pastor you? Are you willing to hear uncomfortable truths of the areas that you need to grow? Because as I reflect, sometimes the revolving door is because the answer is no. Sometimes, rather than wanting to allow yourselves to be held accountable so that you can grow, you just switch to the community or the organization or the religious community that allows you to not be held accountable. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. And I pray that Pauline and I and all the leaders in the church learn, grow, and be empowered by the Holy Spirit to minister to you, to love you imperfectly as we are imperfect, and be this covenantal church that we build the foundation of who we are called to be. I want to close today to share a quote from Brian McLaren. You can't learn to love people without being around actual people. So those of you who are online, I want to invite you to come to be present in church as and when you feel safe enough during this pandemic. You can't love to love, learn to love people without being around actual people, including people who infuriate, exasperate, annoy, offend, frustrate, enroach upon, resist, reject, and hurt you, thus tempting you not to love them. You, can, you can't learn patience that love requires without experiencing delay and disappointment. Oh my God, how many of us want instant things? You know, press a button, it needs to happen right now. We cannot wait. But perhaps patience is learning to wait. You can't learn the kindness that love requires without rendering yourself vulnerable to unkindness. You can't learn the generosity that love requires outside the presence of heartbreaking, 
and unquenchable need. You can't learn the peaceableness that love requires without being enmeshed in seemingly unresolvable conflict. And I think that faith requires us to believe that it always can be resolved. That's the God we believe in, a God that's all-powerful. You can't learn the humility that love requires without moments of acute humiliation. That's the lesson from the cross, isn't it? Jesus hung on the cross, absolutely humiliated. In our modern day, we always put a loincloth on, on Christ. But in those days, he was hung there, naked. You can't learn the determination that love requires without opposition and frustration. And you can't learn the endurance that love requires without experiencing unrelenting seduction to give up. Oh my God, how often do I want to give up? Give up on this, give up on people. But no, God never gave up on me. The way of love then is the way of annoyance, frustration, disappointment, unkindness, need, conflict, humiliation, opposition and exhaustion. No one would choose this if love weren't, in the end, its own reward. This difficult way, this way of love and suffering, this way of Christ is unavoidably the way of the cross. So may we make the way of the cross, the way of Christ, our way home, the way is home. Amen. We gather here each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's fist transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC and you do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus sat at tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence know no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom. A kingdom where all are welcome, all are worthy, and all are invited. A kingdom where lives are transformed and empowered, and the fruits of God's gentle justice bloom throughout creation. 
all people, including each of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. We, we remember, remember that, that Jesus, Jesus fed 5,000 5, hungry people with five loaves of bread and, bread and two, two fish. fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full. And there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy, Holy God, God, we, we celebrate, celebrate your, your abundant, abundant care and solidarity revealed in this, in this meal. meal. We remembered that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy, Holy God, God, we, we celebrate, celebrate your, your gracious inclusiveness, inclusiveness revealed in this, in this meal. meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice and violence of society. They, they lived out instead the kingdom of God, a place of love, justice and mutuality. But we also recognise that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They, they said, look, look, a, a glutton, glutton and a and drunkard, a, drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread, and after having given thanks to you, holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples. This time saying, do this to remember me. After the meal, he shed the wine, gave thanks and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. May I invite the stewards to come forward, please, to distribute the elements. And for those of you who are drawing us online, this is a good time to prepare your elements as well. Please kindly wait for the stewards to pass you the elements. Thank you.
Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolizes his broken body and the wine his blood. God, the kingdom of God persisted and persists today through the many people who seek to be your resurrection community. Holy God, in the sharing of this meal, we joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us partake together. May I invite those who are present, if you are able and willing, to stand. And together, Gracious God, may this meal be for us, and in Maya's meal, where we encounter your presence in the sharing of this food, as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, Holy God, so we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And may, and may we, we share, share in your, your kingdom, kingdom of love, justice, and mutuality with those around us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, and be seated. Welcome once again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. Uh, thank you, Pastor Miak, for the sermon. Uh, before the service, during the rehearsal, as we were doing mic checks and everything, the question I asked the, the people that were around was that today is 27th of February, two months of 2022 is over, or is almost over. What have you done with your life? So my question is, is that loving? Do you feel love? Do you feel love in that question for me? <laughs> but seriously, I think that, you know, love is such a difficult word to express. Love can be expressed in a harsh word. It might be what you need to hear at this time. To some, love is sayang, sayang, you must be kind, you must be sweet, you must be gentle. And to some, love can just be a silent companionship. But I think the idea is that FCC may or may not be the place where you find love according to what you want. But it's definitely a place where we say that as a community, we want to grow together and be anchored in the identity that we are all beloved children of God. And if we firmly believe that, then we have no fear to be vulnerable. We don't have to say that, hey, I wait for you to be vulnerable, then I am vulnerable. But indeed, that we can take the first step to be vulnerable so that others can be vulnerable with us too. So indeed... Uh, I think since only two months of 2022 has been over, we still got 10 months to work on it. So maybe at the end of the year, we can reflect and then we can see that the journey we take together will indeed be a journey of love. So indeed, welcome once again to the Sunday service of FCC. Uh, thank you for taking time out. I think it's also a show of love that you take time out to come here specifically and to join us online. Uh, first, we would like to welcome our newcomers. Uh, whether you are new with us for this particular Sunday or just a few Sundays ago. 
Uh, we'd like you to uh, fill in the form at fcc.la/welcome, or you can scan the QR code so that our pastors and our staff can reach out to you in love. And then today we have a newcomers meeting. We have a newcomers meeting every month, but today there's a newcomers meeting after the service. If you're here on site and you'd like to join the newcomers meeting, you may just stay back. If you are online and you'd like to join a newcomers meeting, maybe today will be a bit too late. So you can just uh, send an email to info at freecomchurch.org and then someone will reach out to you and uh, give you a link to join the newcomers meeting. Uh, now we have come to the collection segment of the service. Uh, we actually have got two funds in FCC. One is a general fund and one is the building fund. For the general fund, we pay for the salaries of our staff and then we pay for a lot of other things. For building fund, we pay for the mortgage of this place. You may give by two, two ways, uh, by pay now, scanning the above QR codes, or you may also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Please note that uh, giving by credit card only gives to a general fund and there's a platform fee uh, administered by the platform for giving by credit card. So as we prepare our hearts uh, to give, uh, let us pray for the giving. God, indeed, we give thanks to you that because you loved us, that we may gather here as your community, as your beloved children. And as we strive to be a community of love, God, we know that we fail many times because we are all just but humans. But in each of us, we see your image and we see your love. And as we take up this collection, God, may you continue to guide us you know, in wisdom, in discipline and in love that we use this money wisely, that people outside will be able to experience your love for them too. We lift up everything onto you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So for those on site, if you'd like to give uh, by cash and by dropping in the collection bag, may we invite the stewards to come forward to just take up the offering. At this moment, we'll continue with the announcement segments of the service. First announcement, baptism and membership class. Uh, this baptism and membership class will take place during the Easter season. Uh, in FCC, baptism takes place only once a year. Membership takes place twice a year. So, meaning that you may walk by, but please do not miss this. Uh, jokes aside, uh, I think baptism and membership is... Like what Pastor Myak said, it is a mutual covenant with one another. Uh, besides your covenant with God, it's also your covenant with the community, with the congregation, and your covenant with the church that you want to sink your root here and you want to call this place your home. So if you are interested in either the baptism or the membership class, please register your interest at fcc.la slash 2022baptism. So in the Easter season, we are also preparing a land prayer segment, a series. Uh, prayer is actually a spiritual practice that FCC wants the congregation to kind of like participate and bring back focus on. A lot of times, you know, when we see things happening in the world and then we always wonder, 
what's the use of prayer? What's the use of prayer? I mean, it's like nothing. Prayer seems to have no effect or impact on what it is. But we'd like to uh, bring this spiritual practice back and there'll be actually three sessions. It'll be on Wednesday, March 16, 23rd, 30th uh, at 8pm to 9.30pm. This is actually our weekly prayer session. So for those three weeks, it'll actually be on these three topics. One is on centering prayer. Second, Lectio Divina. Three, the third one is for praying for others. So if you're interested, send an email to sign up at info at freecomchurch.org. Last but not least, okay, this is very, very important, okay? This is the first time we are like, kind of like talking about this so early in the year. So we have also learned our lesson. Uh, basically, if you do not know, FCC runs, is, is actually run by the board, which is actually elected by the FCC members. Do you know who the board members are? <laughs> there are only five, right? Am I correct? Okay, no, okay. The, board, the FCC board members are Gary Chan, Sean Lee, Jimmy Teo, David Huang, and myself. Five of us only. And then this year, four of us get to step down. Okay? So if, if, if we do not renew the board, then uh, the church will be in trouble. So basically, uh, the five of us, we are very, our personalities are very different. Our theological background are very different. Our faith background are very, very different. So if you say that these five of us, can we form a cell group? No way, okay? But as a board, we have come together for many, many years to work together because even though each of us have got a very different vision for FCC, we got very different idea of what we want FCC to be, all we firmly believe that this is what God calls us to do and what God calls us to contribute and that FCC needs to exist. So if you are interested to know what the board does, Okay, not saying that you should join the board or you need to join the board, but if you are interested to know what the board does, we actually have meetings uh, on those dates on Saturdays uh, from 9 to 9.30 to around 1pm. Uh, may run longer depending on agenda. On the 2nd of April, 11 June, 13 August, 15 October, 10 of December. So this is like once every two months. Uh, these board meetings are actually open to all. As long as we are not discussing any executive decisions, you are actually free to come and join. Then you can come and kind of see what, 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 what the board actually does, like need to meet so many hours, so many months. Uh, what, what do we do? How do we uh, identify what, what issues about FCC that we actually discuss about? So we do invite you to come. And then after you join, after you take part in some of the meetings and you think that you may be able to contribute to becoming a board member, you can indicate your interest to us also. So if you'd like to join any of these meetings, uh, please email info at freecomchurch.org and please note that this is only open to FCC members as in becoming a board member is only open to FCC members. So this is one of the privilege of being a FCC member if you consider it a privilege. Okay. Uh, so I hope to see some participation for this and then we'll... Uh, Continue. Now I invite Pastor Pauline to come and give the benediction. You know, even as uh, Jamie was sharing, I the the feeling that I felt was tremendous gratitude. You know, we have we exist as a church because of course people like Jamie, members of our board, our council, our many leaders, and all of you actually, and you are what make up the church. You know, and so, you know, when Jamie is giving that invitation, you know, for those of you who feel a little bit curious, a little bit led, you know, please come just find out, you know, what the board does. Um, 
it's always been a challenge for us every year trying to find new people to join the board because it constitutes certain types of responsibilities and, and sometimes it's just easier not to, right? But this year as we talk about home, as we talk about what it means to be, take responsibility and to care for one another, well, perhaps this is one new area that God is inviting you to consider. And if, it, if that is you, then I pray that you will answer that and to respond to that just by coming and finding out a little bit more, okay? Even um, you are able and ready and willing, you know, would you stand for the benediction? God, you modeled to us what it means to love, even when it's difficult. To love, even when you are rejected. To love, even when you get hurt. And God, it's because of your tremendous love for us that we want to learn how to love and to be loved. So God, as we move in this time and space as a community, as we learn what it means to create a safe space for one another through the mutual covenants that we want to make with one another, God, help us to be loving the way that you have been loving. Help us to truly embody what it means to be your love in this world. So now go. Go and be God's love in every corner of this world that God calls you to. And may God's love and grace and strength and joy go with you always. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us for service this Sunday. I uh, just want to wish you a very blessed week ahead.